If you'll please take your Bibles and turn to Luke. We're going to be looking at chapter 17, verses 11 through 19 this morning. So we're taking, obviously, a little break over these last couple of weeks. One, begging God to spare us. And then I wanted us to come back for a a Thanksgiving service. Um, Because, again, thankfulness a lot of times can be rare. Um, Because, again, I I don't know if you're like me, but uh, the storm seems long ago now. Um, And and if you're not seeing the the shutters still up in your neighborhood or whatever, it's almost hard to think that something did happen. And life gets busy, you're back to work, um, you're back to the normal everyday routines. And so a lot of times I think we uh, don't take enough time to give thanks. And uh, so I wanted to make sure that we took the time this morning to have a service of thanksgiving to God, to um, even in the midst of uh, the, the hard things that have happened out of Hurricane Dorian and other places uh, that have gone on. Again, it gets uh, easy to become myoptic, and so we want to make sure that we're giving God the thanks in all situations and all circumstances. So again, let me just set the stage for you here for Luke 17. Uh, Jesus is beginning his journey on the way into Jerusalem to die. And so uh, he begins the journey. We'll see this morning in this passage, he's between Samaria and Galilee, and he's coming, making his way towards Jerusalem. And this is one of the miracles that he does uh, during the time as he heads to the cross uh, in just a few weeks. And so uh, this is where we find ourselves in the midst of the story. And so look at the scripture, Luke chapter 17, starting at verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way, for your faith has made you well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, as we come to you, though we do ask that what comes from our hearts this thankfulness and gratitude and love because you've given to us not just physical sparing of the storm, but more than that, you've given to us your son. And so, Father, let us run to him and give him all thanks this morning for we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. So as we begin to unpack this, we see that there are ten who cry out. So we understand that they are in hard circumstances. They are lepers, so they are um, people who have a skin disease. It's not necessarily leprosy that we think of in today's understanding of Hansen's disease. 
but it is a, a, a thing that's going on with their skin, and it's been, they've had to go to the priest. The priest has said that they've had this skin disease, and so they've been excommunicated. They've been taken away from the community. They've been uh, separated from their families. They're separated from the spiritual community. And so in essence, they find themselves in a place where they kind of talk about it as being a living death. So they are so separated from everything else that's going on, um, they find themselves uh, having to, to call out from a distance. They have to make sure that they don't touch anything. They can't be around other people, but yet they have found this community within themselves. Now, how does this apply to us? Because, again, uh, very few of us, if any of us, have ever had to deal with leprosy in today's day and age. So how does this have to deal with us this morning? I would venture to say most of us, if not all of us, have at some point in our lives encountered desperate situations. Places where we find ourselves, um, where we have to call out, where we don't know how to handle it. And the question becomes, what is our perspective of dire situations? What would have been the perspective of the lepers who find themselves excommunicated from all things that are living? How do we find ourselves when we find ourselves in the midst of sickness? When we deal with cancer, a loss of a child, a loss of a job. Um, For me, I'm now able to look back and go, if my parents weren't divorced... I would simply be raised in a moral family, not a Christian family. Johnny Erickson Tata said this, um, she would rather have broken her neck to find Jesus than to be dancing without him. Again, it's the perspective of how we handle the situations we find ourselves in. Because the situations, a lot of times, push us either to Jesus or makes us hate him. And so here you have these ten leopards that are excommunicated from the community. And what they begin to do is they cry out for mercy. Now, why would they be crying out for mercies? Well, obviously they probably heard the stories. Now, again, I want you to understand that Jesus is far removed to the north. So he's been, he did a lot of his miracles and a lot of things that have happened in his lifetime were far away. But the stories have spread that they're through Samaria which is hard to believe, especially for Jewish people, because they didn't like each other. So it's spread through Samaria, and it's up in Galilee. And so these leopards probably have heard the stories of Jesus performing miracles and healing people, setting people free, healing people, raising people from the dead even. Those stories have begun to spread throughout the countryside. And so they begin to cry out. But my question is, had they heard the stories of Jesus being the Messiah. See, the greater thing is not that Jesus was going out and healing physical things. It was that Jesus was the Son of God who came here on earth to give his life as a ransom for ours so that we might receive eternal life in his righteousness. That's why Christ came. But the cry that the people are giving right now, the leopards, they're crying for mercy. They're not crying for grace. Because the reality, and again, don't throw rocks at them because it's easy to kind of go, well, that's kind of short-sighted, isn't it? No, they wanted healing. A lot of the stories, remember when the, the friends take their friend up on the roof and they dig a hole through there? They wanted their friend to walk. 
Jesus wanted people to see. Jesus wanted people cleansed. He, Jesus hates the effects of sin as much as we do, more so than we do. And so they were crying out to Jesus, heal us. Have mercy on us. And they were loud and persistent. And I want you to understand that because, again, by the who they are, they're at a distance. They're not allowed to come close to anybody in the community because they were not allowed to breathe on people. They weren't allowed to touch other people. And so they're at a distance. And listen, they prayed as if their life depended on it. How, how do I know that? Not only are they loud and persistent, but it says in your scripture, it says as Jesus entered the village. See, usually if someone enters into a village, they're coming for rest. And it would have been very customary for them to have allowed Jesus to come in and get rest and then to make a request. Jesus just barely comes into the city and they are crying out with a loud voice persistently. Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. And it's a thing that, again, we can grasp and understand that, again, where are we in regards to crying out to Jesus? Do we cry out to Jesus persistently and loudly until he takes notice? Because it says when Jesus saw them, then he begins to speak to them. And so it's this understanding that we, again, we're supposed to be crying out for God's mercy loudly and persistently. But then the amazing thing is, is that God answers the cry. Now I want you to understand that again, Jesus does it in a unique answer. And I want you to understand that again, Jesus, from what I've seen in the scripture, doesn't ever heal the same way twice. Now, I don't know why. I think part of it is so that we don't think that we have figured it out. Okay, so if you just go and you get mud and you have Jesus spit on and put it on your eyes, then you're going to be, your blindness is going to go away. But the other person, he told him to go out in the middle of the the river and cleanse uh, so many times. I think he does it so that we don't ever think that we've got God figured out. And so God gives a unique answer. And so, again, he's, for some people, again, he's, he doesn't even come close to the lepers. But yet, the, the only other time in the book of Luke, there's one other leper that's mentioned. And Jesus touches him. Touches him. Which is unheard of. But these ten, he doesn't even go close to them. He doesn't command them to to be gone it's not demon possession it's not uh, go and rent yourself in the middle of a river it's not any of that he says go and show yourself to the priests now if you look at that that seems weird or it should why would why would jesus tell them to go back to the priest the priest cannot heal them the only thing the priest can do is say, what is it? It's according to the law. And so he's already excommunicated from the community because they had leprosy. Jesus, listen, Jesus, in the, according to this passage, didn't say, hey, you're healed. Go show yourself to the priest. He said, go back to the priest. And so he puts them in a situation where they have to what? Obey. They have to obey. And so they obey, and listen, we have to obey God according to his ways and his methods. So the question is, are, the, are we following the commands that God gives us, the simple ones? 
to be in the Word, to pray, to be in fellowship with one another. Are we obeying that? Because if we obey, then we find ourselves finding God blessing us in the midst of it. Now, does that mean that God becomes this genie? And because we do these things that somehow God owes us? No. Okay, I am sure, I am sure there were Christian people down in the Bahamas crying out for the storm to not hit the Bahamas. So why did God allow the storm to move away from us, but not from the people in the Bahamas? I don't know. But God, in his perspective, understood that the thing that needed to happen was the storm to hit them. Now, it might be so that we might go and minister to them. It might be that God has a completely different plan. We don't know the true effects yet. But it doesn't mean that they were less of a Christian than we were. Listen to what R.C. Uh, J.C. Ryle says about this. God helps meet men in the path of obedience, but it doesn't mean that he, God is a genie. For if the lepers had acted in this way, they would never have been healed. If they had not gone, they would not have been healed. So we must read the scriptures diligently. We must try to pray. We must attend on the public means of grace. All these are duties which Christ requires at our hands, and to which, if we love life, we must attend without asking vain and capricious questions. It is just in the path of unhesitating obedience that Christ will meet and bless us. So again, it doesn't matter the circumstances we find ourselves, whether it be in devastation or being spared. We are to obey the commands of God. And so these leopards obey. And what they found is as they were leaving, their leprosy went away. Now again, I I don't know what that means. I don't know if body parts started to grow back. I mean, think about this. I mean, but they knew that the skin irritations, the things that were on them, had now been healed. All the eruptions had been taken away on their way to see the priest. And so they find themselves being healed. And as they're on their way to the priest, only one stops to return. Now, the question is, what about the other nine, right? Now, again, I've heard this kind of preached, and I've heard it be pretty hard on the other nine. Like, they were ungrateful, they were uncaring, um, they were just religious people, they didn't care, whatever. I really don't think that's true, okay? I think, I really believe that all ten were happy that Jesus had healed them. Listen to what R.C. Sproul says. If we have any understanding what a leper went through, we would know that not even the most corrupt and crass sinner could fail to be grateful for healing. When these leopards saw that their flesh had been restored, that this marvelous healer, Jesus, had done his work, no doubt they began leaping for joy and couldn't wait to go home to be reunited with their families. That would be the normal thing to do. So nine of the ten went straight home. So again, I really believe that those all ten were thankful that they met Jesus. That they were healed. They really were glad that they got to meet Jesus that day. But again, thankfulness of coming back is a rare thing. Because only one 
stopped. And listen, it is truly easier to ask God for what we don't have than to ask, than to thank God for what we do have. Has that ever been a part of your life? Yeah, God, thanks for this, but I still need the, 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 the. This needs to still happen in my life. This needs, you need to do these kind of things. And part of the story is to stop and say, thank God for what you do have. And so the one that is thankful, listen, he delays going to see his family. Now, again, I think this is the reason why it's it's so overwhelming when we see on television people who are saved by first responders and they go back and try to find the people that helped them at the fire department or the police department or whatever. And it, what does it do? It's it's put on the news. Why? Because so many people are helped and, and taken care of by first responders and never say thank you. They simply go away back to normal everyday life. And so it's, it's amazing that the person stopped. And he, del- he delays his personal gratification. He delays his personal reuniting with his family so that he might go back and do the thing that was the most important. To go and worship at Jesus' feet. See, he turns and he cries out with a loud voice. So he's running back. And so, again, the people in that, in that village would have known the lepers. They would have heard them yelling and screaming all the time, begging for things from family members, begging from people in the streets. So they would have known who the lepers were. And so to see this man running back through the village, healed, crying out, it was a spectacle. And so the people begin to notice and he runs back and the place that he has to find himself is at the feet of Jesus. And then it makes a statement in the scripture. And he was a Samaritan. He's an outsider. He's not of the, even of the chosen people. And that's part of Luke's statement is he's saying the gospel of Luke was written for everyone, not just church people, but for the sinner. And he's trying to say the gospel is not just for people who clean themselves up in churches. It's for everyone to come and find Jesus. And so even the Samaritan comes back and he worships at Jesus' feet. And when he begins to draw near to Jesus, here's what he finds. The first thing he finds is sorrow. What do I mean by that? It's the three questions that Jesus um, asks. We're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? See, Jesus was asking these questions because, again, the reality is God was not the center of their gratitude. The healing was. And so they were more concerned with being healed of their physical things that they missed the opportunity to be with the Savior. What is greater, the healing or the healer? That's the point. And so they had missed it because they were satisfied, so they missed the Messiah. And yet this one, this foreigner comes back and is at Jesus' feet. And he worships him. Now again, why does God do this? Why does God allow us to go through these trials and tribulations? Because it does give us an opportunity to give God the glory. 
even this past week, I mean, one of the things that we got to do, because we take care of um, an older lady, and so she comes and she's with us for through the storms and difficulties, but she gets anxious and stressed. And so even if we were to stay in the midst of the storm, no matter how easy it is, she, she's overwhelmed by it. And so we go. And so we go to Tampa, and everybody's like, you're leaving your house? What are you doing? You're crazy. And it's just like, I don't want to leave my house. I want to stay here, but the best thing for us to do is we're going to go over to Tampa. So we go to Tampa, and we are, I mean, as far west as you can get in the state of Florida. And lo and behold, we pull up, and one of the first cars we see has a sticker on it for the school that my son goes to. And they just so happen to be outside, just so happen to be outside. And so we strike up a conversation of what it means to live uh, over here on the East Coast and to come over and the reasons why we're gone and the best places to find seafood. And we started talking and striking up a conversation. Yes, your introverted pastor actually talked to people. Okay. And I wasn't even forced. Nobody in my family even made me do it. I did it on my own. And it was a great conversation. And I was able to tell them I'm a pastor and different things. Well, there was also a second opportunity because there was a person that had um, the elevation sticker on the back of their van. And they came out. And so we're, again, he's literally three miles down the road from our church. Okay? So I meet him over there. And so we're talking. He finds out that I'm a pastor. Well, he gives him an opportunity to unburden himself because this storm had had his older brother deal with an issue that he had been hiding from the family for years and told his brother, and the brother wanted to come and get an opinion and have us pray for him. So God uses even the little things in the midst of the storm to bring himself glory. And again, what great things do we have to look forward to in the coming weeks? The things that, that got to happen, the, the, the shutters that we got to put up and the boards that we got to put up and the neighbors that are seeing that and the people who asked for help who needed it because we had groups of people out. And people were saying, and you're doing this, why? Oh, these are people from our church. You don't know how God's going to use it to bring himself glory, how he's going to attract people to Jesus. But he does. But the greatest thing that he does for this Samaritan is he says to this Samaritan, your faith has made you well. Now, again, if you go to the Greek word, it literally reads, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Go and tell others. See, here is the reality All ten of the lepers were glad they met Jesus. One was glad that he has leprosy because it was the thing that allowed him to meet Jesus. What's the perspective of thanks we're going to have? I'm glad that I had to go through my parents' divorce because that was the thing God used to draw me to meet Jesus. Not religion, but Jesus. What's he using in your life to draw you closer to himself? So ask yourself these questions. The gifts are the things that live, that lead you to the gift giver. 
And that's ultimately Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater. So run back to him and give him thanks in all circumstances. Because the worst thing, listen, the worst thing we can do is go home and be with him. It's the worst. That's not so bad. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we do thank you. We thank you that you did spare us and that you've allowed us to now have the opportunity to minister to others, others who have now had all their possessions ripped away from them, family members. And Lord, we understand what it's like to live in the unknown, to live without power, to boil your water, to have to rely on other people. And so, Father, allow us to truly be your church. And your church, even when all others begin to walk away, may we be found faithful and true to the calling that you've given to us. But, Lord, we're thankful more than anything that you've given to us, your Son, Jesus Christ. And he came as a ransom to pay for our sins, to give to us his righteousness. And Lord, our whole lives should be lived in thankfulness for the gospel message. So Father, thank you. And may you always be praised and glorified and honored. For this we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen.